So welcome to our deep water series. And last week I spoke a little bit about going deeper with Christ. And in fact, we talked about going deeper into Christmas and we looked at the seven O antiphons, the seven statements upon which that great hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is based. And each of those seven things, I think, I don't know about you, but for me, took me into a deeper understanding, reality of what Christmas is, who Jesus is, and how he's been seen by the church over thousands of years, and how these beautiful orchestral kind of hymns have praised him as a hero song. And so a lot of this deep water theme is about going deeper with him going much, much deeper. The Psalms, Psalm 36, talks about the love of God, the righteousness of God, the justice of God as mountains, heights, and ocean. Imagine that. I mean, we we, we can all go down to the Goldie or Sunshine Coast and we look at the ocean, and when the psalmist says that's God's love, that's his justice, his righteousness, wow, that is a lot of depths to be plumbed. And so really this year, I guess the call on my heart and the the motif that I think I've been given and it's kind of starting to grip my heart more and more is that let's get into the deep water. Now, have you ever been in deep water? You know, obviously I'm going to be speaking metaphorically, spiritually, as well as physically today. But have you ever been in deep water metaphorically? Where you've just felt out of your depth, Paxton's nodding his head. (laughs) Hopefully your daddy rescued you before you sank to the bottom. I had to rescue our oldest daughter one day when she decided to go into the deep water at the end of a pool. What about if the Lord Jesus Christ, who you say you follow, was to say, okay, follow me into deep water. Follow me into deep water. And you're quite comfortable on the land. You're quite comfortable with the land-based dependencies that you've built up. Your legs, they're a land-based dependency. You can stand, you can walk. I'm limping at the moment because I've hurt my knee. They work really well on land. They don't work quite as well in the water. You have to kind of change. You have to take on water-based dependencies when you go into deep water. You know, you can just sit here, you can walk around. Once you're in the water, those things, those land-based dependencies become irrelevant. And that's probably where a lot of the fear comes from. A lot of the, the scariness comes from. So these things aren't working for me in the water. I have to take on new water-based dependencies. And if we're talking about that spiritually giving up on some of these old dependencies, going out of our depth for Jesus, going out of our depth as we follow him. It may well be scary. The deep water looks scary. 2019 is the deepest year of the decade. If you think about it, it doesn't get any deeper than this. We're nine years deep into uh, this decade. Next year, it flips over, as in 2020, it flips over and starts again. So it kind of all fits nicely, this whole idea of going deeper in the deepest year of the decade. Have you ever been in deep water for real? Put aside the spiritual stuff now. Yep. Yep. Taylor has. It's a bit scary, isn't it? Again, uh, I shared a little bit last week, but we were at Marimbula recently and had a lovely time. A restful time was so good. And it was so cool because we worked out in the bay that we were on, sort of a lake and a bay, and then there's a big ocean on the other side. But you could actually get the tide right, the tidal movement right, jump in at one end and just float down for about a kilometre or so. And so we were snorkelling, and me and Becky started snorkelling a bit. But we were just sort of in the shallows, you know, knee-deep, waist-deep kind of thing. And it was still really awesome. I mean, you put your head down, and suddenly you realise there's a whole new reality there, you know, with the face mask on and looking down deep into the water. And at any time, though, it was quite comfortable. We could just uh, we could just stand up. 
stand up, no dramas, use our land-based dependencies again. But off to our right, particularly at the start uh, of our little kind of traversing through the water, off to the right was it literally just dropped off, just went straight down on this really steep incline and then just into murky darkness. (laughs) And as I was seeing that and thinking, if I'm out there, I can't just stand up. And if there's horrible monsters and things, and that's why I really relate to what Kerry's saying, because there is something scary about the deep water. But if there's horrible monsters or there's sharks or something, there's not much I'm going to be able to do for Becky either, except yell and scream and disappear in a blood of in a, in a big pile of blood and whatever, you know. So I probably do need to be that graphic. But there's something really scary about the deep water. So I've asked Johanna permission. Uh, for this. This is our middle daughter, Johanna. It's a very beautiful picture there. Took it early on when we were in America in one of those little blow-up pools. And she must be, I don't know, 18 months or something. And this was one of the first digital cameras that took this photo. I don't know what it looks like on the big screen. That's not too bad. A Mavica, you know, with a little floppy disk drive. Yeah. So I think that's like 30 kilobytes or something, (laughs) 100 kilobytes. I don't know. But you can see there in the shallows, it's fun. Uh, it's controlled, your land-based dependencies continue to work, no worries, but you can still enjoy a little bit of the water. She's got all her toys there, really, really enjoyable. And in fact, the girls really love the pool. They got to love the pool over time. And even when we went to Disneyland, I've often said they would much rather go back to the pool at the hotel than stay at Disneyland. So it shows you how much they love the water. But then as you get older, you begin to realise what's actually down there. So this is Johanna again when she's a bit older at the big uh, aquarium thing down on the Sunshine Coast. Has anyone been down there? Yeah. And you see all the sharks and the big toothy looking sea monsters and sea creatures. And it's little wonder that you begin to think that deep water is full of uncertainties, fears, doubts, anxieties, sharp toothed creatures, mysterious creatures. Who would want to go out into the deep water? Let's just, that's just foolish. Let's just stay in the shallow water. It's enough to make you just want to get out. <laughs> so there's a nice little picture. It's funny because, uh, so there's a little picture of Johanna getting out of the shell, out of the water. And it was interesting because when I did my little Google search, I was just, I just searched deep water and all these images came up. So I don't know what Google's artificial intelligence was doing, but it actually did a pretty good job this time. And I've got one more image of Johanna, which I'm going to show at the end. But if we could summarize succinctly what is it about the depth? What is it about the deep water that makes us scared and, and uncomfortable? And I think if I was to summarise it, I'll just simply say that the deep water reality versus the shallow water or land-based reality is this. It's when our self-dependencies are out of their depth. Our self-dependencies become irrelevant, dysfunctional. They don't actually work anymore. And our dependencies spiritually could be many things. They're deeply ingrained. Not necessarily any of them are bad, but they are things that we've grown quite comfortable with. You know in the morning, for most of us, you'll be able to get up, go, get a job, have some money. The money will keep you alive. It will feed your family. That's quite predictable. There's not much unpredictable about that in our lives. Our money, our family, our comfortable homes, our routines... They're all predictable. They're all routine. And I think in that is a great blessing, but also in that is a great temptation. The temptation is to go, that's all right. I'll just stay in this routine. I'll just stay in the shallow water. 
But then, in life, for all of us, the land-based dependencies, the circumstances change, suddenly you lose your job, suddenly your health goes, or maybe it's not even suddenly, maybe it's just a slow, inexorable decline towards old age. And all of a sudden, our old dependencies, they're not working anymore, they're dysfunctional. We're out of our depth. What's our natural inclination, do you think? Get back to the shallows. Get back there. But I really believe God has deliberately set up the world so that as you get older, you will more and more lose the ability to rely on your land-based dependencies. You will more and more be put in a deep water. You will more and more go, be more and more out of your depth. I'm not just talking about suddenly going to the mission field. I'm talking about just everyday life. Things change. Life is changing all the time. Life, unfortunately, as we know it now, is in decline, which means more and more your land-based dependency are literally becoming dysfunctional. You know, just recently, I don't know, I've had a really good, since I stopped playing soccer, I've rarely been injured. (laughs) Every time I played soccer towards the end there, I was getting injured until, you know, leading up to doing, I think, both hammies breaking my ribs and doing something to my back was that last final extravaganza. Even Gabby was telling me to get off. but So I did and I haven't gone back. And, but, then, but then recently, I don't know what happened, but something happened to my knee and it's actually kind of really stiff, so I can't run on it anymore. And then because I was compensating for that a few days ago, I did my back and I could barely like move. Again, you take these things for granted, these land-based dependencies, you take for granted until suddenly they're taken away and then you're like, Whoa, now I'm out of my depth. Now I can't do what I wanted to do. But I really believe this is an opportunity for us to go deeper. And what I want us to look at today is Peter's out of his depth, deep water experiences. He actually, he actually has, it's really cool because he has physical deep water experiences, at least three that I've identified, real deep water experience. We're going to look at one today. And then three or four spiritual, what you could call spiritual deep water experiences, where he's way out of his depth, all his dependencies, they are, they are dysfunctional, they're irrelevant. So I thought we'd look at the first of seven today. And if you're already at Luke chapter five, we'll just read through this together. Uh, we'll read this great story. So at this point in the story, Luke's pretty much covered the Christmas story. He's then covered a bit of the early part of Jesus' ministry. Jesus has already been actually rejected and threatened with stoning by this point. He's already healed Uh, Peter's mother-in-law so Peter has already or Simon Peter as you'll see in the story Simon Peter's already met with Jesus and he's still kind of getting to know him now Jesus has showed up again by the Sea of Galilee Gennesaret is actually the Sea of Galilee so that's sort of the context for you now note note what happens as we go through Peter's deep water experience one day in verse one one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret which is the Sea of Galilee with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So as we'll find out, one Simon Peter and the other is his brother Andrew. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So this idea of the people crowding around him in the Greek is actually pushing him. So there's so many people, they're trying to get close. They don't mean to, but they keep pushing him, pushing him. So he's actually, oh, okay, I'm in the water. Oh, there's some boats. And so you can just imagine the scene, Simon Peter and Andrew, we know from later on in the story, they've been out all night. 
So they're, they're tired and grumpy and probably hangry. And now they've got this massive crowd right on their doorstep. And they've got this guy called Jesus. And Jesus is saying, hey, can I get into your boat? <laughs> and so Peter goes, all right, get into my boat. And out from the shore. So for the next, we don't know how long, a few hours probably, Jesus preaches. Imagine that scene, this boat floating on the water, this massive crowd, probably thousands, and this lone voice preaching. Maybe he brings out the Beatitudes again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, the voice booming out. I'm sure he probably repeated some of his messages. So that's kind of the scene. So to give an idea, I love the way the whole of the Bible is just so well grounded in history. And as you've seen this before, but I thought it was worth bringing up again, the, the Jesus boat, they call it. So back in 86, they found this when the Sea of Galilee receded because of drought. It's about seven or eight metres long, so it's, it's, it's fairly sizable. And they managed to get it out, and it's in a museum now. There's actually no evidence connecting this boat to Jesus, but what's intriguing to me, it could have been the boat that Jesus was in. It's entirely possible. It's dated almost exactly, precisely right for that period. Just imagine that. And they've done a recreation. There's the recreation in the bottom right there. So that's, that's kind of the scene. Peter... Um, Andrew, Jesus, a couple of other boats floating around, probably James and John are nearby as well, and Jesus is preaching. And Peter's just, what's going on here? You know, he's probably got business of the day to get into. He's probably got to go and clean these nets, do his daily stuff, get back home, have a bit of a sleep. And now this has happened. Something extraordinary, something out of his depth, maybe. In verse 4, we're told that when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out in a deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished, surprised, flabbergasted. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do they do these days? You know, the brain exploding. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So they pulled up their boats on the shore. They left everything and they followed him. So I think there's some things we should know about deep water experiences. And the first one is that Jesus calls you. Jesus calls you to the deep water. Just like he called Peter. We'll see later on spiritually again and again. He calls us to deep water. He calls us out of our depth. He calls us away from our land-based dependencies to a God-based deep water dependency, to a deep water dedication, to a deep water realization or a revelation and a deep water transformation. Matter of fact, I don't think these, the last two, the realization, the transformation happen until you're in the deep water. I honestly don't. I've been a Christian for a long time since I was age seven. I've been in the scriptures my whole life. I've been in church circles my whole life. I've experienced a lot in my life. And I'm telling you from my own personal experience, I don't think you truly understand transformation until you've gone through the deep water dedication, the deep water experience. 
And as we go through this sermon, it's not going to be very long. Some things that you should know are going to be coupled with some things you should pray. And I'm actually going to pray for you as we go through. I'm going to pray for us as a church as we go through about this deep water dedication, this deep water realization, this deep water transformation. So first of all, what do I mean when I say Jesus calls you to deep water dedication? Well, if you have a look at verse four, when Jesus has finished speaking, he now turns to Simon Peter. You see, this is a thing. Think about this. Simon Peter's been sitting next to Jesus. He's been hearing perhaps blessed are the poor in spirit. He's been hearing these great kingdom truths, but he hasn't actually participated in them yet. He hasn't actually dedicated himself to them yet. He's just a listener. And in 2019, if you are just a listener, please, please, what's the Latin? Non-verbum, actor non-verbum. Actions, not words. So now what's going to happen? Jesus does this all the time. He's going to switch from these great kingdom truths and he's suddenly going to look at Peter. And Peter must have been thinking, I want to go home, hurry up. Or maybe he's not. Maybe he's like, wow, I've never heard stuff like this before. Suddenly Jesus turns to him. He says, he points out to the deep water. So that's probably at least, you know, 500 kilometer offshore. It's not not just 10 meters. Okay. It's quite a long way offshore. And he points out into the deep water and he says, Peter put out into deep water and let down your your nets for a catch. He's heard all these great truths, but now the truth has been reorientated, incarnated, put put into Peter. It's only become relevant. You know, this is the trouble with so many of the world's religions. There's all these kingdom, or not kingdom, but great religious truths that are out there, but nothing that really becomes personal. This is the great thing about Christianity. It will always turn and the face of God will put itself into your face. That's why we're Christians, because we believe that God is not a force. He's a face. He's a, he's a person. He's come as the Lord Jesus. So when he goes to Peter... Here's some reasons that Peter could quite feasibly, humanly speaking, given if he'd wanted to. Jesus, I've been here all night and now most of the day, I don't want to go out into deep water. I just want to go home. And what I want to say to you as my brothers and sisters in Christ in 2019, be careful that this feeling of tiredness, because we're all tired in this society because of our frenetic pace and our screens and everything else, Be careful that tiredness doesn't stop you from answering Jesus' deep water call. Be careful that tiredness doesn't stop you. Now, I'm not saying that when you're tired, you don't need to rest. Of course you need to rest. But do not let it become an excuse. Peter could also have said, now I've got to get all the gear together again. I was actually just packing up. I've got to get all the blokes together. And we've got to get out there again. That's, that's a lot of administration. That's a lot of logistics. That's a lot of work. That's very inconvenient. In 2019, my brothers and sisters, be careful that inconvenience doesn't stop you from answering Jesus' deep water call. This is a funny one. This is what he could have said. And he, could, he could have said, I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter's son. Uh, here's a deal. I won't tell you how to do your carpentry if you don't tell me how to do my fishing. You know, we know Peter from later on is a bit of a bolchy character. You could have gone, what is a carpenter's son doing telling me about fishing? He doesn't know that the conditions aren't right. We've been out all night. In my professional judgment, we're not going out. 
in 2019, be careful that your professional judgment, whatever that might look like, your experiential judgment, your templated judgment stops you. Be careful that it doesn't stop you from answering Jesus' deep water call. Or perhaps Peter could have gone, that has been great teaching, but he's blown it now. Man, when I go out there, let down my nets and come out empty, everything he's just said is just going to be, what? What's this all about? It's going to be embarrassing. Let down your net, nets for a catch. You know, in 2019, be careful that shame, be careful that shame doesn't stop you from answering Jesus' deep water call. I'm going to pray for us now. I'm going to pray that God would inspire in us, despite these obstructions to the deep water, a deep water dedication. Father, here we are. We're just a little church. We're just little people. But I pray, just as you took that man, Simon Peter, and all his friends and turned something around that day inside their hearts, that you would do the same for us that you would inspire in us a deep water dedication. Lord, may it not be in 2019 that tiredness, inconvenience, pride and shame separate us, keep us from following you in a deep water. God, inspire in us deep water dedication. As Jesus calls you to deep water dedication, and I really want you to notice the order here, he also brings a deep water realisation. Now, some of you, because of our Western culture, and when I say some of you, it's me as well, it's all of us. We actually believe and have this bit of a mythological thing going on that realisation, revelation, information, we need more of it, give us more, give us more, then I'll dedicate myself. Give me all the options Give me all the information. Let me Google it. Let me research it. I'll I'll collate the data. We'll make it evidence-based, and then I'll dedicate myself. But do you notice the order here? Like Peter barely knows Jesus. All Jesus has asked him to do is to not so much get more information, but to take the little bit of information he's been given, the very tiny command, just put out, put out into deep water. Put out in a deep water. That's all he's been asked to do. He, he, he could easily have gone, well, well, no, 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 no. I, I need more information here. Who, who are you? But instead he takes that little command and he obeys it. And here's where many of, uh, many of us are at, I believe. We, we, we've become so used to wanting more information, better sermons, different sermons, etc., etc., that we've actually forgotten that you're called to obedience. You're not called to be information gatherers. Yes, knowledge is a beautiful thing, don't get me wrong. But if you're just gathering information, gathering knowledge more and more and more and more, and you're not obeying this one simple thing, imagine Peter, imagine if he'd sat in the boat and he had a laptop and he was connected via 5G and he just started Googling all the stuff about Jesus and he saw the Twitter feeds, he saw the Facebook posts, he saw the, the talking heads about this Jesus character. I'm not sure. An hour later, he's still there. He's getting more information. He decides to get a degree, goes to uni. He can do that with his laptop just sitting there. He's got plenty of fish to eat. Oh, no, he doesn't. Anyway, go with me. Degree, conferences, seminars, church services, over and over again. But the, the, the simple call to go into the deep water, he just, he never obeys. Imagine how different this story is, how boring this story is. 
Imagine how boring your story is if you just won't obey that simple call. You're just getting more and more information. Look what, look what he says here. Lord, master, we've worked hard all night. It's interesting because here he says master, so that's like a, a superior kind of thing. But look what happens, what he, calls him, what he actually calls him later. Um, but because you say so, we haven't, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So in 2019, how much more information are you going to need? How much better sermons, better conferences, better seminars? How much more are you going to need before you finally obey Jesus' deep water call? How, how much? It's actually a genuine question. We need to reorientate, I think. Peter could also have said, I'll wait for you to give me the will, the conviction, the desire. There's no indication in this story that Jesus gives him any such thing. He just simply says, put out in a deep water. Of course, you know, this is, is, Jesus is the creator. Jesus is God in Christ. He created Peter. He created Peter with his beautiful, libertarianly free will. He, Peter is not an animal. Peter is not determined just to do what he feels like doing, following his sensual nature. Peter is a human being built in the image of God. Imago Dei, yes, he's fallen, so he's, he has this kind of corruption and this tendency towards sin, but he also has this capability to listen, to hear, and to obey the voice of his creator. Don't, in 2019, please don't sit there waiting for my will, my conviction to be changed by God, and then I'll do stuff. I mean, how, is conviction measured by people's passionate words and their desire, or is it just measured by getting in your boat, setting the sail, going out into deep water? Actor, non-verba. Actions, not words. Actions, not words. And there's grace for that, isn't there? There's grace for that. That is what I believe for God is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. That's what I, I think it means. It's like, okay, my willpower's failing, my conviction's failing, but Lord, I know I should be out there because you're telling me to go out there and I trust you. Well, maybe I don't trust you, but I still know deep down within me that, that, that I need to be out there. Something good will happen out there. My will is not where it's at. I pray like this all the time. Lord, I'd like to tap into your will because your will is like, it's pure, it's lovely. And if we, if we truly believe that we have the Holy Spirit residing within us, then we can go, God is at work in, in us to will and to act according to his good purposes. So it's almost like I can tap into his will, I can tap into that willpower, and I can go. I can go in Jesus' name. And I'm still me. I'm still made to be me, and you're still made to be you. Actions, not words. Don't wait for the will to come. Just get out there. Now, look what happens to Peter. Remember the order? So he's, he's dedicated himself. Now God brings the realisation. But imagine if he hadn't gone out there, this never would have happened. H how many theological degrees compared to this one experience? Like how do they balance up? I, 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 don't, I, I don't think they even balance up. And there's nothing wrong with theological degrees, but you know what I'm saying? It can't just be theological degrees. Look what happens to Peter. You know, it's such a beautiful picture. I was sitting in the park this morning just thinking of it and I could just see it so richly. Like, you imagine later on we see that Peter falls at his knees so we know that Jesus is seated in the boat. They sail out and it wouldn't, we, when the story, it feels like it happens in an instant. It would, it would have been like 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get out into the deep water. And Peter is like, maybe Jesus is sitting towards the front. He's like, you know, maybe he's rowing because there's no wind. I don't know. 
and he's looking at Jesus and he's thinking, who is this? Like it's such a beautiful picture, isn't it, Emmanuel? It's God. God in Christ. It sounds crazy even saying that. I recognise the craziness of it in the world's eyes and yet it's gripped my heart. Oh, the fisherman. And, And it's like, because you say so, I'll go out. And as they go out, I've got Jesus in the boat. There's deep water, but I've got Jesus in the boat. How cool. Man, I'd give, I'd give up everything for that experience. I mean, put yourself there. And of course, we know the story. The nets go down. You can almost imagine Simon up one end of that boat, you know, seven or eight metre boat. Uh, Andrew at the other end. James and John are out there as well. And over the net goes, and you can almost think, what's going to happen? Maybe it's still for a bit, and it's looking, oh, yeah. Next thing, there's a stirring. Next thing, the, the boat and the nets is straining. Maybe the boat's starting to do this one. And they start, what, what, what has just happened here? The nets begin to break. The boats are so full that they begin to sink. And I actually believe there's another miracle here because in the Greek, it's like they're sinking. They're a fair way off to shore, out of shore. It's always like Jesus has to go, well, I have to keep these afloat for a bit as well. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't build a big doctrine on that, but there's, there's something going on there. And when Peter sees this, he falls. He falls at Jesus' feet. And look what he says now. He is calling him master, which is sort of like saying mister or sir. Now he's saying Lord. Lord. And most times in the New Testament, when you see Lord, it's Adonai. It's God. I'm a sinful man. <laughs> he's just re- like, oh. he didn't get lectured. He didn't get beat over the head with the Bible. He just spent some time in a boat with Jesus in deep water and all of a sudden the realisation of his true state, his true need, his true love was just deep in his heart. It just gripped his heart. And what a picture, what a picture. The dependencies that Peter had, the nets for his livelihood, the boat for his livelihood, they're not shipwrecked or blown over by disaster. They're actually in danger of being wrecked because of what? Over blessing. <laughs> He's been over blessed. Because of the overwhelming goodness of God, it's not only the, the nets that begin to break, it's Peter's heart that is dependent on these land based dependencies. You know, in 2019, your dependencies, your meaning bringers, your land-based satisfactions. Jesus may well fill them to the point of breaking. And then what? What happens then? Well, we'll, sh- we'll see shortly, but let's just pray first of all. Father, in 2019, bring to us this deep water realization, a revelation. Lord, if we're waiting for more information, more sermons, just waiting for conviction, if these dependencies need to be broken, then so be it. Bring us to that deep realization of who you are. Show us your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So you've had the the, the dedication, the, the call, you've had the realization, and now comes the transformation. It's interesting, isn't it? Because many people of the day followed Jesus. Why? Because one, he could feed them. Two, he could heal them. Three, he could give them this awesome spiritual teaching. But why does Peter follow Jesus? I hadn't seen this before. It's the opposite. (laughs) It's the opposite. 
Peter follows Jesus because he got too much food. He got too much blessing. Like, and it's, it's such a picture because when you think about it, as, as we know what will happen now, because Peter actually says, okay, your Lord, get away from me, I'm a sinful man. And then Jesus says, don't be afraid, from now on you'll catch men. And then in verse 11, they pulled up their boats on the shore, they left everything and followed him. What a picture. I'm thinking of for king and country, burn the ships. Seen that? Go, go and watch it. There's this idea of this half-broken, half-sunk boat on the side here, half-broken nets just left behind. And Peter follows Jesus. Transformation. Transformation. Imagine that. Like, would, you, would you do that? Like, would you look and leave your dependencies, whatever it is, your livelihood? If, if God put that call to, to follow Jesus into the deep, would you do that? Again, I think it's only in the deep water that our self-dependencies are shown for what they really are. And it's only in the deep water that we actually see that whatever blessing those dependencies can bring is nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Peter had everything he wanted in that moment. Everything. All the blessings, the earthly blessings that a fisherman could get, the best catch ever. And it was nothing compared to the joy, the satisfaction, the pleasure, the the thrill of following and being with Jesus. Do you you get that? Lord, I pray that we would get it. I pray that we would get what that means as, as, as you bring things to our own minds that in 2018 have brought some pleasure, some satisfaction. Perhaps they've brought the promise of pleasure and satisfaction. Lord, just get our, get our, get our vision away from the shallow water and out to the deep water where there is this deep thrill of wonder and awe of, work, of walking with you and following you. Help us, Lord. Show us your glory, Lord. Now, as you consider what the 2019 deep water might be, just consider again the scene. So the scene in the boat, Jesus is right there. Emmanuel, as we've learned over Christmas or been reminded of over Christmas. And I can imagine Peter looking at Jesus and he could probably see his hands, could probably see his feet when he fell down. Very shortly, within the space of a few years, those hands and feet would be bloodied. They would be... Uh, wounded badly. They would be penetrated by rough hewn nails. Remember our definition of spiritual deep water? Basically when our self-dependencies are out of their depth. Our self-dependencies are out of their depth. Isn't it fascinating that this man that Peter was called to follow would himself empty himself of his God dependencies? You think about it. Theologians have called this the kenosis, the emptying. You talk about deep water. You talk about going beyond your own dependencies. If you're God and you've got these infinite dependencies, omniscience, omnipotence, and you give that up and you allow yourself to be killed on a cross, then there's something more important to Jesus than the display of his own power, and that is the display of his own love. This is the deep water God that you follow. Jesus gave up his God might, his God power. He emptied himself and he went into the deep, deep water for you and for me. So in 2018, that's been a year of whatever. 
but it's the past now. 2019 is the future. And I just ask that you would consider and pray and go, Lord, what is it that what is that little bit of obedience that you've asked me to do? Maybe you've asked me many years ago and I've just refused and I've cloaked it with good theology. Maybe I've cloaked it with a respectable charade of, or charade of, I don't know, whatever. Maybe, maybe this one little call to obedience, this little call just to go out a bit deeper, has been subverted by the freneticism of life and the busyness of life. I, I don't know what it would look like exactly, but I do know that those pressures are there all the time. And so here's what's on my heart. My, on my heart is that as we prepare for communion and as we go into 2019, that we would really, really ask God through the Holy Spirit to show us what those little calls of obedience might be to the deep water. And we would not hesitate. We would go out. We would put out into deep water. And so I was meeting with my friend Fidel, who meets here later on, the past African pastor, and he had this idea, and I thought, this is a great idea because we were talking about this deep water theme. And he's going, oh, pastor, that's a, that's a good prophecy. <laughs> First of all, I'm just wondering if there will be some deep water prayers. So what I'm saying there is, would there be some people who would identify themselves, not right now, but would think through and identify themselves as through 20, 2019, that they would pray using the framework of this idea of deep water. So it might be in your personal prayer times, but you'd be willing as a part of this dedicating yourself to the deep water prayer. As a part of that, you'd be willing to maybe share on Facebook or share at church when you have a revelation or insight. But I'm just wondering if there'd be a group that would identify themselves and they would look for prophetic insights, developments, revelations. So, you know, they would, they would have these deep water prayers and they'd be praying for us as a church throughout 2019 that we would go deeper, that there'd be deep water preaching, there'd be deep water music, there'd be deep water uh, gatherings, deep water sharing, there'd be, there'd be all that. Do you know what I'm saying there? Um, and I already have some people in my mind, I'm going to be very interested to see. I'm not going to chase you up um, unless you're not here, then I will. But I'm just wondering whether you would go, yep, I'll do that and you know, I'll, I'll text you every week or few weeks or I'll share at church just so we know that's still happening through the year. The third, the second deep water thing is that, you know, we've become a part of the, the Queensland Baptist Union and that's already blessed us in a whole bunch of ways you haven't even yet seen. But they've asked us to help with a conference, to basically administrate a conference. And the speaker that's coming, Hugh Holter, and you can hear more about him later and as another speaker as well, um, he's very well known or relatively well known in the States. It's actually quite a blessing that he's coming here. And so they've asked us to set up the hall. If it ends up being a whole bunch of people, we can go over there. <clears throat> but this is a deep water thing. We've never done this before. So we're going to have people from, you know, a bunch of people from other churches, other pastors and so forth. And I really want that to be a deep, significant time that calls other Christians in this city to go deeper. Hugh has a great ministry and a really good word, I think, for Australians, a very practical, down-to-earth kind of guy. And the third one, and you're going to raise your eyebrows at this, uh, but I believe, it, I believe it's in my heart, so I'm just going to say it. Support for a full-time pastor. Support for a full-time pastor. Talking money. 
pastors can't be full-time without being paid. The workers worth their wages. Don't look at me, because it's not necessarily me. Don't look at Luke or Ben or... It's not even necessarily anyone in this church. But I just want to put that out as a core idea. We don't actually give too much to the inner workings of the church. But what about if we started to commit to paying for a pastor full-time? We'd be a bit out of our depth, wouldn't we? A little bit. So they are some of the ways where's a church are going to lead into deep water. But this deep water call has to be individual. It's like when Jesus looks at, at Peter, he's given the big call out to the, the gathered people, the, the congregation. But now he's like, Peter, put out in the deep water. And this is the last picture I wanted to leave you with. <laughs> There's little Johanna. Quite comfortable. I think that's the pool out at Oki in the deep water, just floating along. Quite comfy in the depths, looking up because she knows where her power and her help comes from. Well, I don't know if she was thinking that in the moment, but she knows now. You know, we, we are, oh man, like we are missing out on so much when we're not in the deep water with Christ. We, we are missing out on that realisation. We're missing out on that transformation. So let's, let's go. So we're going to come into communion now. And I just couldn't help myself. I was thinking of songs and at first it was how deep the Father's love and then it was this one. <clears throat> and I don't know if you realise this song, the deep, deep love of Jesus, which is going to lead us into a time of communion. We're just going to listen to it and then you're going to come forward. Um, but I don't know if you realise this, but this was put together by a guy called Samuel Trevor Francis. So Samuel Trevor Francis, early on in his life as a younger man, he was in London and he was walking across London's Hungerford Bridge and he'd gone through a whole bunch of stuff, terrible stuff. And as he was walking over the bridge, he just heard this whisper tempting him in his misery to just end it, end it in the dark water of the Thames. So he looked over the edge and as he saw the deep water, for some reason, he was reminded of the love of Jesus. And out of that experience flowed this song. Now, it's been modernised by groups like Sovereign Grace and stuff, but the essence of it remains the same. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me, underneath me, all around me is the current of your love, leading onward, leading homeward. Isn't it interesting that the waters that were to become his death potentially became life? That's the Christian story. And think of that, that picture that I gave you with Peter, and Andrew and Jesus, and they're going out in the deep water, and there's this big expanse of water. That is God's love. The deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, and free. I'll pray, and then we'll listen to the song, and then we'll keep, uh, we'll break the bread here shortly. Actually, um, Jason, would you mind breaking the bread for us today, please, brother? As the song plays, in fact, we'll, we'll come up, we'll partake of the bread, we'll take the bread back, we'll take the cup back, we'll hold the cup, and then we'll sing. So then we'll um, drink it together, and then we're actually going to sing this song once we're finished. Father, I thank you for 2018. What a year. What a blessing. What a blessing life is. What a blessing to have you come to us and call us into deep water. You didn't have to do that. You could just leave us contented and kind of satisfied and yet in a slow decline, a slow degrade, a slow decay. 
instead you came and you promised life and you've given life and you've demonstrated life and now you call us to deeper life. Thank you for your body broken for us that demonstrates the oceanic proportions of your love. Thank you for your blood spilt, which shows us in cosmological scale the width of your love. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, which shows us in deep intimacy the micro levels and the relational touch of your love, the intimacy of it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.